Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. Hey everyone, welcome to Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I am your host, Tom Sutton. I just had to record an episode right now. Um, partly because... Um, the wonderful Hawes Burkhart and Steve Crothy from um, the fantastic video game podcast High Potion recently had uh, very kindly had me as a guest on their show to talk about um, Jedi uh, <laughs> Fallen Order, um, uh, a video game that uh, if you've heard the podcast before, you will know is uh, near and dear to my heart. I had been um, trying to formulate a way to get on their show for some time and uh thank goodness they uh they just asked me and um, i had an awesome time and they mentioned that they actually listened to my podcast which is kind of crazy um i'm always a bit surprised when i hear um actual human beings are out there listening to me um but i'm very grateful for that and i had a great time on the show and um yeah, I hope you guys, anyone listening to this, if you are into video games or just into good folks having fun conversations, uh, go check out the High Potion podcast. Um, the other reason that I had to do an episode right now was I just um, so I, I'm doing a uh, I'm doing a saga rewatch. Not a complete saga rewatch, but uh, a rewatch of everything that I love. And um, I started with Solo. Again, sorry to be a broken record, but that movie rules. It is just, I find it so just magical. I love it so much. It's not even a like, well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty good. And then it's Star Wars. So that means it's good, good. No, like, I love it. Absolutely love it. Man. I, I had such a fun time watching it again this time. And like, I remember like I watched it with my brother Monty, like, wasn't that long ago, six months ago or something. We had a bloody good time watching it. Um, it just, it just, yeah, that movie cannot overstay its welcome. It is always welcome in uh, my house. Had a great time. Holy moly. Holy moly. So, um, my next step from that was to do my first rewatch of Andor since, um, its original run. I would usually watch those episodes two to three times as they were coming out and, um, I haven't rewatched them since, so this was my um, chance to um, go through the series again. And I've just watched the three Narkina Five episodes, and I like it. Just hit me, man! Like right in the chest. There's so much that's amazing about those episodes, the stuff with uh, Mon Mothma and uh, 
Tacoma and uh, her husband. That's great. Um, the kind of um, what you're seeing between Sinter and Vel, that's great. But that the actual prison, you know, the meat of that of that arc, the prison and then the prison break, one way out. It just, man, it just destroyed me again on this watch. And, um, like, I respond very, very strongly to any Star Wars that I really love just because um, there have been long periods where uh, I thought there were, was not going to be any more new Star Wars. And then there were long periods where there was new Star Wars, but I didn't dig it. And um, so when there's new Star Wars that really works for me, it just, it bowls me, it just kicks me down the stairs <laughs> in some ways, you know. And um, yeah, I mean, I have absolutely just loving every second of this of this rewatch and um obviously like the 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 third episode of this arc the one the episode called one way out it's legendary for a reason and so <laughs> i remember when um, when the when Andor first came out and the first three episodes were were released all at once, and I like ugly cried at the end of those three. Um, part you know partly that it's that thing of like oh my god I can't believe I'm watching Star Wars that uh, you know I'm gonna love as much as I love the original trilogy, which is uh, you know. Just never thought would happen, and here it is happening again. And uh, so that was it. But just the the quality of it, the magical storytelling, the the way the score works with it, it just really did it for me. And then now tonight, watching the the Narkina Five arc, it's ugly cried again, and it's just that the way that. Um, the music swells, the performances. But I think it's, and I've been thinking about it for the last 20 minutes since uh, I finished the episode. Why is this, why is this, like, why does it affect me so much? And, well, you tell me, have you felt... Have you been in situations where you felt like a slave? Like you were trapped? Like those prisoners were in that prison? Because I've been there for sure. And I think that we have all been there. I can't imagine there's uh, very many people on this planet who haven't had those times of just being face-to-face -face with... Um, feeling like a like you're imprisoned in a way um like i can say for myself that um i come from a, a family and a background that is 
well off enough that if I'd ever wanted to, you know, pull the... <laughs> smash the emergency glass, then my family could have bailed me out. But I didn't necessarily want to do that. Or didn't feel like I, I should or could. Um, I mean, school felt like that the entire way through. When people say, oh, it's the, it was the best years of my life, I cannot relate to that. I hated it. I felt absolutely trapped there. Um, my first proper job was just, I worked in a 24-hour diner that was... Um, yeah, quite a brutal experience and a, a big wake-up call to someone who'd never had to kind of face that kind of, those kind of demands, that kind of pace, that kind of rudeness from people. Um, that was quite an experience. Of course, the most recent one was um, when I moved to Sweden. My perception, at least, was that my... Uh, options were severely limited because I didn't speak Swedish. And uh, I took a job unloading shipping containers by hand. I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, but um, it really um, was the kind of job where you, you, you really think to yourself, I can't believe it, they still have humans doing this. Um, this is basically what you do. You start at 7 in the morning. Lots of fun when it's minus 10 because you're outside. Not much more fun when it's really hot <laughs> either. And you open up a container. It's full of canned tomatoes or corn or tuna or olive oil. And um, your job is to pack it by packet, unload that container. You put those packet, you pick up the packet, you put it on a pallet. You have to fill the pallet at, in, in a particular pattern. And when the pattern is done, you wrap it in plastic and uh, drive it away with a forklift and then come back and do the next one. You work in teams of two. And um, it was like, I guess I'm, you know, maybe I'm overstating things, but I actually can't imagine a more physically brutal job in the world. Part of that was that because we were day laborers, we were paid by the container, not by the hour which meant that the whole culture was one of just speed, constantly pushing yourself to go faster and faster and faster because everybody wanted to leave as early as possible. Partly because they just wanted to spend as little time as possible at work, but partly because the longer you were there, the closer the more desperate you felt and the more exhausted you got. So um, 
Of course, it depended on what you were, what kind of container you were doing, but it was not unusual to do about 20 tons. Sorry, that's metric tons. Um, for our US listeners, I guess you'll just have to imagine what that is. But it would be quite normal to do like 20 tons of lifting, wrapping within a f four to six hour period. And that constant bending over, kneeling, lifting um, at breakneck speed. It was fucking horrible, to be honest. Um, so why did I keep doing it? Well, I had the dream. I was there with the dream of being a musician, and um, having that kind of job meant that I had the freedom to say yes or no. If I wanted to go on tour, I just said I'm going on tour, and that was it. So I was doing that, you know, between, you know, like not more than a few days a week for about three years, but it was horrible, <laughs> and. Um, demeaning I would have to say um, am I I'm grateful in a way that I got to see you know because I mean there are people who do that kind of stuff full time <laughs> you know there are people who do that kind of stuff and don't get to go to band practice at the end of the day you know um, and I mean I'm aware that I was in a position where at any point if I had really said, I can't do this and I can't survive, then I could have called like my dad and gone, can you just help me out for a bit or something while I figure something else out? Um, and he would have gladly done that. Um, but I feel like those days were hard, man. And, I, you know, I was doing it for rock and roll and I'm proud of that, but... Those days were hard and it also did potentially irreparable damage to my back. Um, I'm in good shape right now. I'm hoping that I've broken the cycle, but um, I experienced severe, severe back problems for years after that. From all the lifting and pushing and bending and kneeling and it just in the dust. <laughs> My friend Yarek knows what I'm talking about because we worked together in those containers for quite a while. So when I see the Narkina 5 arc and I see not that ju just that they've been forced into this situation but that people have reached a, a point where they've being brainwashed into keeping themselves in that situation. It just, um, it really, uh, I just really relate to it. Because looking back, I didn't have to stay in those containers. I, thought, I, I put myself there. I could have try, done something to find something else, you know. But I stayed for some years. So, and but also it, 
it also makes me reflect on the fact that like how many people are out there doing those kind of jobs in those kind of conditions that don't really have an, 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 any other options. And it makes you think like, well, here I am talking into a microphone, recording on a computer that were all, you know, manufactured by people who may have been in decent working conditions, who may have been happy with what they were doing, but maybe they were also staring into the abyss every single day they spent at work. And it makes me think about like, is there something really sick at the heart of modern life? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure I can answer that. So, man, when I see those guys, those prisoners, and it, does, like, it doesn't even have to be your, like, oh, you've got a, a tough job or something. I mean, it's like Chirrut says in Rogue One. You know, I get the sense, like, you have a, you know, he says something like to Cassian, something like, uh, I get the sense that you uh, have a, a prison that you carry around with you. And I think almost everybody has that to an extent. We all... Um, struggle to see you know see and trust in our own potential and believe that we deserve to have a life that is is happy and free and um yeah so when i see those those prisoners and they are they've been having their lives chipped away moment by moment, day by day. But finally they're confronted with the reality that it's now or never. And you can uh, die on your feet or live on your knees. And to see them just say, the right, this is it, today's the day, enough is enough. Whether I live or die, I have to go for it. And I just think it's so, such a beautiful thing. I re it's magical, actually, what they did in that show. Yeah, don't be Olaf. <laughs> Guys, yeah. Wow, so I just... I just want to say again how grateful I am to Tony Gilroy and Diego Luna and that whole bunch who have created something for Star Wars that, um, you know, I said this about, uh, about the sequel trilogy and about Solo and about Rogue One. This is, they've created Star Wars that I'm personally going to be treasuring and enjoying for the rest of my life and that's so great so great yeah all right I c uh, yeah can't wait to watch the last two episodes of this season of andor and just enjoy them to the max Whew. 
All right, what else is going on in Star Wars? Bad Batch is back. It's been up and down. Um, I've said this before. This is a cartoon. Um, I don't think it's wrong for it to be episodic. I don't think it's wrong to have episodes that are just like fun adventure of the week stuff. That's what a show for kids should be, really. Um, would I prefer it to have a central narrative that is built on um, episode to episode? Yes. Um, but that's, you know, that's what the live action shows are for. They're, it's funny, I, on, on Twitter, someone was talking about, I, I can't remember, something about, um, isn't it about time? Lucasfilm uh, tried a different style of animation. And I was like, yeah, damn straight. Because um, I would like to see that. I'd love to see a different uh, style of animation. I'd love to see like a really like high class 2D animated Star Wars show. But then uh, that when that, you know, Bad Batch season two kicked off, I was just looking at the screen going, I may be a little bit tired of this animation style, but this is really well done. Like it's th these episodes look incredible. Like it's it's nuts, man. Like I, imagine going back to like 1987 and going like, <laughs> I'm gonna show you a bit of a Star Wars show from the future. It's a, it's a it's an it's an animated it's a like a, a computer animated cartoon. You ready? People's just eyeballs would explode. So that's great. Um, I loved that uh, crosshair episode. That was really strong. Lots of really good themes. I actually really liked the um, riot racing episode. It's funny because I like I don't love episode one, but um, the obvious episode one callbacks kind of worked for me. And it was fun. Like the droid was funny. It was good stuff. Today's episode was called Entombed, so I should love it. <laughs> but um, yeah, this. This one felt pretty unnecessary, which, and it just, so much effort has gone into making them look incredible to make the character animations perfect at this point, you know? So I just wish the, the story was, was worthy of that in a way. I mean, this was really, this had no impact on anything. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know, this kind of like, uh, I mean, yeah, this kind of like clue finding and if I turn the thing, then this door opens and so, that stuff's fun in video games because it's a puzzle and you're actually involved. You have to do it for yourself. But watching a TV show where characters are basically in a video game, yeah, not the best. So I'm sure there's, um, there's going to be more killer episodes on their way. Um, but yeah. Other recent news, the uh, second Mandalorian trailer dropped. It looks really cool. Um, I think they are really keeping the cards close to the chest on that on that one. Um, some really cool images, great some great you know shots. Not a lot about the plot, and I think 
that's very much on purpose. And I like that they are doing that. Um, I wish I had the discipline to not watch Star Wars trailers, but come on, I'm not going to... I can't. You know, I've got to watch them. Um, so it's kind of cool when the, the trailer is like, it's fun, but doesn't give away too much. Um, Kick-ass sequence of TIE Interceptors chasing that... Um, what's it called? Mandalorian Gauntlet, whatever that ship is called. This is what, like, when people say, like, you know, with the Rogue Squadron movie, they're like, eh, I don't, I don't care that much about fighters and fighter pilots. Oh, man, like, to me, that's a really big, awesome part of Star Wars. I would really like to see um, more of that stuff. Unfortunately, I think it's expensive to do, so it's probably something you got to see in the mo in the in the uh, on the big screen a bit more. But it looks like. I mean, there's been kick-ass um, stuff in the TV shows, obviously. Um, the opening to the second episode of season two of Mandalorian, Mandalorian when uh, the X-Wings try to pull him over and you get that chase. I mean, that's killer. Cinema quality, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it was cool. There's been, you know, a bit of uh, discussion in the fandom about, like, whether reuniting Din Djarin and uh, Grogu in the Book of Boba Fett was a good idea or not. I think in general people feel like it was not a good idea. Um, yeah, I agree. They could have... I think it would have been cool to do at least, like, two episodes of uh, the third season with Din being a bit a bit of a lost soul without his little buddy. And so that when, um, when he finally gets back together with him, it's, it has a bit more impact. Are there any um, Avatar The Last Airbender fans out there? There was this sequence where Aang, like Appa... The flying bison, <laughs> Aang's best friend. He gets kidnapped or something. I can't remember exactly. And Aang is distraught about this, you know. And you figure, ah, it'll be a couple of episodes before, or like, I guess they'll find him next episode or whatever. But no, it goes for like episode after episode of poor Appa being imprisoned and up is sad and ang is sad and it just keeps on going and going and you're just like god i can't i can't stand this i can't handle this please get them back together um and of course once they finally do get back together it's a wonderful feeling mm. but all right for whatever reason they are back together let's see where it goes and it's so close. It's like five weeks away. Woo! You know what else is coming soon? Uh, Jedi Survivor and a book. So there's a novel coming out before that, um, which uh, I'm really looking forward to, actually. Um, the Star Wars books are pretty hit and miss for me. 
Um, but I already know and love these characters, so I am optimistic about that one. I am, and yeah, excited about the game. What's it going to be like? I've been out of video gaming for 15 years. This is the first time I've ever, like, not ever, sorry. This is the first time in 15 years that I've been, like, waiting to um, play a game right when it gets released. I don't know, like, do I have high expectations? Not really. If it's as fun as the first, then I'll be happy. Hmm. But um, yeah, that's so cool that we that um, all that Star Wars is dropping on at that time. I guess what else is coming this year? Skeleton Crew, I think, is happening this year. I can't wait for that, man. I reckon that's going to be a surprise, and people are going to love it. Mm. All right, folks. Whew, things were a bit heavy there for a while. Sorry, it's usually not that heavy, but man, that one way out hit me, just kicked me in the teeth. And I just had to had to get that uh, feeling on tape. So, uh, but uh, uh, I'm good now. I'm good. Um, let's play... What's that song? Oh, before, before we do that, just one other thing. So... For years living in Sweden, I would see people in Australia and the UK get a bit excited about uh, the availability of Star Wars garden statues. <laughs> and I would always be so jealous. And um, so since I moved back to Australia, of course, I've kind of kept my eye out to see if um, they might show up. And lo and behold, uh, in a Star Wars Facebook group, I saw someone put up, these are a big W, guys. Um, so I went and bought everyone that they had. That uh, So Vader, Boba Fett, Dean Jaren, Yoda, Kylo Ren, R2-D2. Unfortunately, they didn't have Baby Yoda and the First Order Trooper there at the big W I went to. But who knows? Maybe they'll turn up. Um, yeah, that was cool. And I bought a couple of figures. I bought Ahsoka Tano from the Vintage Collection. So this is, you know, her as we see her in The Mandalorian and the Fennec Shand. So great. You know, since I moved to Australia, I haven't been buying Star Wars toys, but great to be back in the game. All right. Um, uh, if you haven't heard this before what we do is we uh play a star wars track at random i have to try to guess what it is and uh we talk about it see what we have to say okay let's try the first one hmm i mean that's the force theme But from which movie? Huh. Hmm. Well, I would not have got the, got that. This is the Battle of Crate from The Last Jedi. How about that? Mm. Love that scene. All right. 
next. makes me think Force Awakens probably because that's Ray's theme you get plenty of that in that movie huh. I can't pick it this, so uh, this is again from The Last Jedi this is lesson one how nice I'm really enjoying this My feeling about the Last Jedi soundtrack is that the, the parts that are already established themes are great. Um, but I'm not sure that it really introduces a whole lot of new themes or, that uh, are very memorable. Rise of Skywalker actually added some, some that I think uh, are really awesome, like the, the track The Rise of Skywalker. Anthem of Evil is a good one. Um, dramatic. Yeah. All right. Very cool, though. Let's do the next. Ah. Throne room. Holy moly. Yeah. It's funny. Like, out today. Do you reckon that throne room scene would be cool? Or would it be super dorky and embarrassing? I don't know. Doesn't matter, I love it. Let's do just one more. Um, my first reaction is that it reminds me of Yoda. Is this something about the cave, maybe? When Luke is tested? No, I'm totally wrong. <laughs> wow. This track is called The Desert and the Robot Auction. But this makes me um, excited. Obviously, after I finish Andor, I don't know if I'll watch Kenobi or not. I found that show pretty frustrating. It's got some really good bits, but it's like... Uh, overall, I've, yeah, I found it like kind of did, did more damage than good in some ways for me. But uh, yeah, whatever. Um, after Andor, where am I going with the rewatch? I'm going to Rogue One, aren't I? Yep, Rogue One, Episode 4, Episode 5, Episode 6, baby! To borrow a Horsburg Um Cool. I think it's time to watch some scenes from The Last Jedi. What do you think of that? Oh man, I can't believe I forgot to mention Luthen's speech. Whew. Yeah, that was, an, of course, another instantly legendary um, scene from that episode. And I love Lonnie. He's like, he's a, that dude's an amazing contributor to the show. All right. Guess where we are on The Last Jedi. So we're on Crate. We are where the 
the Falcon is hammering through those underground crystal caves with Porgs causing all kind of trouble for Chewie. Here we go. I'm going to hit play. Bam! Oh! Look at the speeders. This is so cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at those those cliffs. I love the first order, man. Like, I really hope we get to see more f like stuff from this era somehow, sometime, somehow, somewhere. These poor dudes and these rickety speeders, though, that's rough. I just like visually these movies could not be better. This, oh, sorry, I'm just like, yeah. Okay, so this scene has sparked a bit of you know discussion. Finn's like, I'm gonna like fly my ship, just like do a like a suicide run straight into the gun, basically. Because if I do that, there's no way they can get through that wall. And then I, like, buy the resistance some time. And then uh, Rose stops him. So a lot of people feel like, well, why didn't they just... They should have just let him do it. And he would have had this amazing heroic death. Um, but the gun was too powerful for that powerful for that he would have that his speeder would have disintegrated before it even hit so rose did the right thing i mean i get that point of view as well though oh great music here actually wow man i gotta watch this movie again now that I have this gigantic TV and sound system, <laughs> Rose is cool. I like, she's got a really good determined face. She whips it out from time to time. This shot is cool of Poe sliding down into that trench. I love that the, the walls of the trench look like raw meat. Very cool. Okay, so this line, like it's pretty cool. Like I don't dislike it the, you know this is how we win not destroying what we hate oh hang on maybe I can I can let's get it from, straight from Rose <laughs> yeah that's pretty cute this is how we win not fighting what we hate saving what we love And then Rose gives him a cute kiss. Now, was there any kind of romantic kind of feeling set up between them that that pays off? I'm not sure there was. So that is, I understand people's criticism of that, but ah, it's not the worst thing ever. Some good lighting in this... Um, you know, the kind of control center in this rebel base. 
man, Leia looks cool in the in this uh, in this part of the movie. This high collared coat slash cape thing she's wearing is awesome. The hair is good. Oh, but who's that? A cloaked figure approaches. Who on earth is this? You know who it is. Oh, excellent hood pullback by Mr. Luke Skywalker himself. It's kind of cool because, like, I mean, it's been a while since um, I have done an episode, so I haven't seen scenes from this movie for a while. It's kind of nice seeing Luke being the Luke that people expected a bit, you know, without the the, the rest of the the uh, background, the context of the rest of the film. As much as I actually like that, all that stuff very much. Yeah. They're so good together. I mean, when you see photos of Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher together, you know, they look like they really have a, a really fun relationship. I mean, <laughs> you get the feeling that Mark did find her a little bit uh, much from time to time, as I guess most people did. But... Um, such a great warmth and chemistry between them. Hmm. Ah, in this moment, when Luke kisses her on the forehead. And you start, you get the start of, I think it's called, I can't remember, this, oh, Luke's wink to 3PO. So good. I love it. You see the uh, resistance fighters and Poe, their heads popped up. They watch Luke walking towards this flaming, gaping hole in this shield wall. He's flat, just framed, framed in fire. Kylo Ren orders this just fucking wall of walkers to stop look at luke he looks fucking amazing that's not my favorite look of his in the sequel trilogy but he looks fucking awesome the sunset i want every gun we have to fire on that man do it come on watch this i remember being in the cinema here just like on that edge of my fucking seat man I know you're just there like I mean this is not this is not how Luke dies right he can't just be like disintegrated by 8 million blaster bolts from all these walkers that's not how it, how it's gonna go right so you sit you know that your eyes must be deceiving you in some way but you can't figure out how This is great. Hux has to step in to stop the uh, stop this uh, the barrel. Look at 
look at Kylo Ren. It's, it, it's just, it's, it's almost like a physical experience, this like kind of hatred that he's had for Luke all this time and he feels like it's fine. he's finally done it. He's finally put an end to Luke Skywalker. And then he stands up, the red dust clears. Look who is still alive. This is, come on, this is A-grade Star Wars. The flicking the dust off the shoulder. Luke knew exactly what he was doing there. Look at this. <laughs> oh, Hux get just having his day ruined again. I love that. Like, I didn't think he was that great as a kind of nasty Nazi in The Force Awakens. I think he was a much more interesting character in The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker as a bit of a uh, comedic character. I mean, look at this. This is why, like, if there are parts of this movie you don't like, that's fine. But saying, like, it sucks, it's the bad movie, it's the worst Star Wars movie ever. Dude. Did you hear that, dude? It was not a happy dude. All right. But I'm a happy dude. Whew. Good to be talking Star Wars again. Um, yeah. This is going to be exciting when March hits. Mando, Jedi Survivor, let's get it on. But yeah, I'll be back to talk. Um, yeah, again, you know, as I go through the films of the saga, I'm going to keep checking in. It, that's the fun thing about Star Wars is it, it always, it feels different every time you watch it. You get a different feeling a different perspective especially as stuff is released that throws what you've seen 800 times into a new perspective it's great all right thank you for listening you are great uh we'll talk soon my name is tom sutton and this is star wars fun for everyone especially me (laughs) 